is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, London is Blue, Blue podcast. podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. Your host, Brandon Joe, my host, Nick and Dan. And here we are, days away from the Premier League season, which means we should probably say some dumb things and make some predictions. Bold, spicy, hot predictions. <laughs> It's never gone wrong before, so I don't know why we would stop now. I mean, we do it for the people, clearly not for us. <laughs> well, we're, we're here. The 2022-2023 season predictions are upon us as we uh, barrel our way into Everton at the weekend. So, look, it's a chance for us to lock in some preseason predictions that will surely not bite us in the ass two days into the start of Chelsea's season. Uh, I still have not let down the thing I've said years ago. Uh, there are some standard ones that we'll do, like league position, um, how many points we have, and there's others of our own making. So join us for the fun. Uh, make sure to share your prediction with us via social. I'm sure Discord will be hopping uh, with all the different predictions and things that we'll have in there. Uh, and and it, it should be fun. I mean, like I said, Dan, we've got two parts to this one. I, I should say pre-ad break and post-ad break, not actually two parts um but there's a lot of you know data driven things in here you know points uh results cup it's very black and white and then we have some highly objective ones of best player most improved comeback which i think could be a little bit interesting how uh, each of us take it because none of us ever look at these questions the same in the same kind of window or pain you figure after nine seasons of doing this that we would have a good understanding of the definitions for these <laughs> awards or sections, as you call them. But, yeah, we will have fun. We have a couple new ones this year, too, that I'm excited to try out. We'll see how it goes. This is the problem when Dan makes the scripts, though. He just gets to make up all the rules as he goes, and then we're beholden to whatever bullshit it he is puts true. together. Only 75% of the scripts. Can confirm. Yeah. Sorry. Can confirm he does that. So, anyways... Uh, let's go ahead and, and jump in. We obviously have our, our shout outs for all the people in Discord and Patreon. Call to actions for five star reviews and Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We love all the beautiful people uh, who do that. And so don't miss out on this opportunity. As we said, everyone in Discord is going to be popping off about this and sharing their crazy uh, results. But the first one, Dan, I will let you introduce because it's uh, rather specific. Look, we had to start with the biggest point. Points rather Ooh. for Chelsea to you know, claim domestic dominance again in league performance. Like, where do we finish on the table, and how many points is it going to take for us to get there? And so, look, last season, third place comfortably for the most part of the season, basically stayed there for the majority of it, and then seventy-four points, far off of Liverpool and City. And uh, Spurs creeping up kind of close at the end there, but nobody else really truly challenging. And Nick, I think we all have some similar opinions, at least within the range of points with one another, but not necessarily a full agreement on league position finish. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, right? Because each league season is different. I think any objective Chelsea fan will look at City and Liverpool and understand that those are the two best teams in the Premier League. They've both strengthened and picked up some incredible players over the summer. And if you watch the Community Shield, they are going to start the season playing football at a different level than every other team in the league. So with that knowledge and understanding that those teams have mostly finished first or second over the last five years, I think it's important to note that I do not have Chelsea winning the Premier League this year, um, which... 
those longtime listeners will be like, oh, Nick, why such a doom and gloom perspective? No, that's just who I am as a person. That's just my normal. This norm- is actually an optimistic prediction yeah, from you. It actually is. But I, I think the rub is, I think that the points for third and below are going to be really low this year. Uh, I think the World Cup is going to screw things up. I think the third through seventh is going to be ultra competitive and points are going to be taken off of each other. I think Chelsea finished third barely on 71 points. And that's uh, less than last year and uh, probably not what people want to hear. I, I guess it could be. I think we'll get fourth. I mean, is thank God we had a strong start to the season last year. Otherwise, we'd been toast. The Antonio Conte effect is real last season. I mean, they, after fumbling through us January to the end of the season, they were on fire for the most part and caught everybody by storm. Um, I think they're going to be a problem. You know, Arsenal, I think that they're going to be annoying. I don't think they're going to challenge in the end. I think United are not better than they were last year, which is crazy to say because they have endless money. And I don't think West Ham, as much as they're doing the transfer window, is really going to like break top six. And obviously, Leicester are going to go backwards. So uh, judging at the teams around, I think that, you know, fourth comfortably is probably where we're going to be. But um, there's no doubt, I think, uh, amongst any of us that we're going to have way more competition. And I put us at 75 points on fourth. So, Again, points are all kind of around the area. We'll have to to see how it shakes out. I'm probably hedging my bets a little bit by calling fourth. If you look at the number, we had double-digit draws last season. We had 11 draws in the Premier League. Dan, we, we remember we, we covered all those games. Yeah. Look, I, oh, I don't know if you forgot. Maybe you like <laughs> blacked out, entered a fugue state or something, just tried to disassociate from all of those performances last season. We had 11 draws. 11 double-digit draws. And all we need to do is convert a little bit of those to make up some additional points. I do think that Brandon's point, um, you know, the, the, the Conte effect, yeah, that's definitely a concern. But again, they are the Tottenham and there are the levels. So we just need to remember it is written into their DNA. But to your point, Nick, too, with the World Cup, I do think that and also what we're starting to see with this buckshot approach to try and bring in upgraded players right up until likely the end of the window we saw and a couple seasons ago how it can take a little bit of time when you bring in two three four five six new players to a team and how it takes that team time to gel and so the preseason while it was long and while it might have helped some players get ready for the start of this season. I do think the way the squad's been constructed and some of the ripple effects from how long the sale of the club saga went on is going to carry into the season. And that's why, even though we will have a higher point total than last season at 77, we will still be in third place. Uh, but I do think just on a net of maybe City struggling defensively a little bit and... Liverpool trying to embed their new attackers. I think that they'll come down a little bit. We'll go up a little, but then the gap is still going to be just a little too large. Really? Yeah. So I see that differently. I think, I think city and Liverpool are going to be on like nearly a hundred points again. I mean, I think beyond the games where they play each other and then city somehow struggle against who they struggle against Brighton, Brighton or yeah. Or one of those teams that makes no sense. And that crystal palace. Yes, actually, somehow. Um, without yeah. Connor, it would be a little harder. But um, Tottenham did the double over him, didn't they? Oh, my God, they did. 
Yeah, the first game of the season they beat him. Um, and then Liverpool struggled playing us every single time. Like, I think those are like the only trip up games for him. The rest of the time, I think they're just going to coast. Like in my in my scenario. So, what that leaves is really two spots for four or five teams to fight for, depending on if you think United is an actual team or not. But I think it's just going to be a brutal, brutal season to finish third. And it, Brandon, to me, anyway, this is probably the last non-competitive Premier League season for the top six. Because I think the the window past this season starts, I think you start to close on Liverpool and City a little bit as some of their superstars kind of age. And I think it's the last time that they're going to have like the proper one-two battle that we've seen in the past five years. We'll have to see. Um, you know, there's definitely a lot of uh, strength of those clubs. We're only adding one to two players just to tweak things. Obviously, we're, you know, replacing Sadio Mane for, for Liverpool and uh, City finally getting a striker, which will be a new look and feel for them that they're going to have to adjust to. Um, next up, we have Champions League and Domestic Cup performances. Uh, as we had last season, we know that we exited in the quarterfinals to Real Madrid in the Champions League. And we doubled up in losses to Liverpool in the FA Cup and League Cup, both in pens. So, kind of with that being said, uh, you know, Dan, we've got Champions League, FA Cup, League Cup. As far as like, how far do you think Chelsea will will make it in each of those competitions? So, I think with the Champions League, why not get to the semifinals? I think we have an ability with Tuchel particularly having a strong hand in cup competitions we'll continue to find good form there and you know our pot could be really fun maybe we get to play Barcelona who knows that would be great if they can field the team if they can pay the players or they're just going to have volunteers on the pitch I don't know they'll figure it out though I'm sure it'll be fine I think that the league cup also a semi-final opportunity and then I think FA Cup, we finally get a little bit of the Wembley Demons out of this side and uh, get get a cup, get a cup at Wembley, an FA Cup. That'd be that'd be fun, wouldn't it? That'd be uh, amazing. Uh, yeah, I I think that Chelsea are going to be a two competition team this year. I think Chelsea are going to focus on you know, of course, making Champions League, which of course you know is imperative for the club and the future success of the club. And I think they're going to make the Champions League a priority again. And I think because they're making the Champions League priority again, they're going to make the final. I don't think we're going to win the final. I think we're going to make the final. I mean, even thinking back to the craziness of last year, the Real Madrid two-leg tie, like Chelsea couldn't have been in any more confusing or difficult circumstances and nearly came out of that. And I think like this team, as it's, kind of currently being built is going to be a bastard to play against again in the Champions League. I don't think anyone wants to see our badge come up against them in the uh, in the draw. So uh, I think we'll make it out of the group relatively easy. I think we're going to make it through the round of 16 quarterfinals, uh, semifinals, and I think we're going to make the final. Um, I think that means that we're going to sacrifice the FA Cup. I think we're going to go out in the quarters, probably playing a weekend squad uh, like Klopp did for most of his tenure. Uh, and I think we will by happenstance, win the League Cup for no other reason than we're probably just deeper. Um, I, I I don't think it'll be a priority. I think it'll just be a thing that happens. So, um, yeah, I, I would focus on the Champions League and the League and whatever ha- happens elsewhere, I'm kind of fine with personally. 
I wonder what the schedule is going to be for like the League Cup and stuff because, you know, usually the lower levels play in the fall. You know, Chelsea and the bigger teams come in later. The FA Cup, they don't come in until after the year. It's all going to be weird. So I think that might be a part of it. Like we actually might have way more fixture congestion because you're probably not going to start this competition before the World Cup. Um, so that's just a whole new random you, like kind of wild do, card. But then you break. It starts in October this year, not in September like we're used to. And so you're going to obviously everyone's breaking for the World Cup. You're not playing it. So it's actually going to go deeper into the into the spring than it normally right. does. I think it's usually like late February. It um, is. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's just it's going to be happenstance for me. But I, I am taking an ultra pragmatic, which I know is so different than my normal tone, ultra pragmatic view of this season. I think Chelsea need to make it through this season and focus on core initiatives like do not try and stretch yourself crazier than you did last year. Be pragmatic about it. I know no one's going to want to hear that, but our real play is next summer to start to shorten uh, or shrink the gap between us and City and Liverpool. We just need to get the cash and make it to next summer for me. That's that's how I do this. Yeah, I think that Tuchel uh, is maybe relying a little bit uh, on his cup competition track record. And I think he probably wants to change that this season. So I think that like the league will be the big uh, focus for him. I know I've hedged and put forth and these <laughs> are actually like super cautious as well. Cause I think like it's what I think will happen or maybe I'm just like preparing myself for like worst case scenario, but like we'll get to the round of 16 in the champions league. Then we'll make it to the semifinals, the FA Cup, because that's a big competition, and the players really want to to get there and win it. And the fact that we've been to so many finals and still are struggling to win it as much as, or you know, that we haven't won it more is crazy. I think with the League Cup, it's quarterfinals because my difference thing is I think that we're going to get drawn with like a Leicester or a Tottenham or something where like we're still rotating and they're not, and we get knocked out in the quarters just because like Tuchel will refuse to play our starting eleven. So. I'm guessing he'll throw that one away and I'm just assuming we're going to get a shit draw along the way and, and just kind of like flame out without real interest. I think by anybody, which, you know, I think it, it, this is a lesson in just like expectation setting. Like I know Dan is terrible at expectation setting because he always thinks we're going to win everything, but even Dan, the best at it, Dan is just toned down just a smidgen year over year, because I think we all realize that like, it's not been an easy summer. The team is not complete yet. We're heading into the season in two days or one day when you're listening to this, right? Like, I think I think we all just have to give this team a little bit of grace and let them focus on not all the things all at once. That's my, that's my POV. It doesn't have to be yours. You could still think that we're going to go deep in every competition, play 70 games again this, this season. Maybe we will um, because this team is full of winners. But I'm just... I, I want to get to next summer because I think next summer is, is really the time where Todd will have had many meals, great food uh, over the course of the season, perhaps there's a sporting director involved at some point. And that's when we really start to go. And then the expectation should be fucking sky high for me. Yeah, well, I mean, who hasn't turned in an assignment or gotten an assignment started the night before it was due? That's kind of what's <laughs> happening with Chelsea putting this together. And we might get, a B plus or a minus for our efforts, but boy, oh boy, it's not a pretty joining together of that documentation or that project. Dan, Dan saw my college transcripts and was like, Mm-mm, just last minute Nick over here. Just really, 
Really uh, skinned by that one, huh? Yeah, okay. That's why I have a lot of empathy for Todd and Tuchel right yeah, now. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I've been there, boys. I know what it's like. All uh, right. Um, again, I, I, I love that you guys have us winning silverware. Uh, I think that is uh, a, a great way to maintain the momentum behind Tommy T. And uh, I'm sure Bully wants to get involved right away, too. He doesn't want to wait for year two or three. So, um I, I relent to you guys. Uh, next up is player and young player of the season, which is a little little bit up for debate, Dan, because as we were doing our homework, you know, I was like, well, what age is it? Turns out Chelsea haven't announced one the last two seasons. So we're very much on the peripheries here uh, doing this. And we couldn't really come to a consensus on an age because the PFA player of the year went from 23 to 21 before the season. And I see you guys have some... By you guys, I mean Dan, uh, some potentially older players. So I, I think it's an interesting setup here. Um, but I'll let you maybe clarify. Are we making up? Are we making up our own age well, for these, or what? Like, what are we doing? Well, t- technically, there was an academy player of the season. It wasn't a young player of the season. But that's a Phil episode. That's a Chelsea youth episode. That was Harvey Vale last year. Um, I think that we draw the line at. 22 and if they're 23 or over doesn't doesn't count so that was the way that i framed it and look you would be hard pressed to bet against anyone other than mason mount as your player of the season uh for me tiago silva just edged him out last year but that's again something that was up for debate there was a little bit of lines drawn between this podcast for who it was and for my young player if he signs and this is putting positive energy out into the universe because I like to will things to happen. Uh, Wesley Fofana is 21. So let's go. Young player of the season, my man. Had a great return at the last bit end of the season. Seven matches, looking in fine form. There we go. This, uh, if not, reshapes. This could be the biggest flame-out prediction ever. <laughs> Dude, I know. <laughs> I said <laughs> if he signs. Otherwise, I'm- Reese James. It's great. Oh, oh, nice backup play that just happens to be 22. My Most God. minutes, David Luiz. Let's yeah, go. Come so on. At least he was on the roster when I made that prediction. Holy <laughs> no shit. shit. Yeah. Um, I, otherwise, you know, we've only got the, the, the five players, right? Reese, Connor, Ethan, Callum, Billy, and I guess Broja. So six uh, that are actually rostered that are 22 and under. I, I Look, you can't treat Reese. Like, no... Reese is out of Getting, young player of the season if, category Dan, for me. Dan, like, could you imagine being on the stage with Lee Parker and the gang and giving Reese James, an England international starting right back, a young player of the season award? Look, if you can compete in the category, if the, the rules of the category allow you to be in it, you should be allowed to compete within it. <sighs> All right. Well, I think that's Look, were there some people in wrestling tournaments who cut weight or, like, walking around, like, the day of a match, like, you know, sweating themselves out so they could lose one pound? Look, are they really that weight? Not really. But did they do crazy things to make it happen to fit the category? There you go. Bit different, um, but creative nonetheless. Sure. Uh, I went with... Uh, creative with his own rules, you know? I went with overall player Raheem Stern- Sterling. Putting a lot of pressure on him. Uh, we need it from him. Uh, we need him to score goals. And I think that the bar is a little bit different from him in the first year. Um, Mason's bar is very high. But I think that um, if Raheem were to come in and make an instant impact and help us over the line in winning some trophies, I think that he would get the edge and be just seen as the catalyst. To your point, 
Mason Mount is Mr. Chelsea. As you wrote, Mr. Consistent. He'll be the reason, but Raheem will be seen as like the spark plug, I think. And my young player, I went with Connor because I kind of had to. Cool. <laughs> really good. The reasoning is High expectations on, on on the young yeah, I mean, uh, he's he's going to be coming off the bench. You know, Ampadu, we don't know what's going to happen with him. Billy's not going to be around. And I just can't put that expectation on Callum. I feel like it just, we've like just done that too many years in a row. No, like I no. refuse to put Callum in there again. Let him breathe. Yes. You know, let him breathe. Um, yeah, I had a really tough time with player this season. Um, because I don't think anyone would have seen Kovacic. <laughs> at this time last year, becoming player of the season for his performances. And, uh, you know, you know, of course, Mason Mount, I think, taking home the title for his, like, overall season. But I, I kind of went through three different thought processes because one of these players is going to be uh, very much in the goals and assists. One of these players is a young, burgeoning superstar in defense. And one of these players is a must have great season if we're going to make the Champions League final. But I think of all of those options, and I'm sure you guys can dissect which which of those those are, I went with Reese James as my player of the season over Mason Mount, which is a bit of a shock to me. Uh, but I, I, I think he is going to absolutely explode this season. I, I think if, la- if like the first half of last season was any indicator of what he can do, it's just to the next level for him, I, I think, this year. And, you know, Dan and I can attest being at the Champions League final, watching him play, and, and just you just can't take your eyes off of him. Like You mean the FA was, Cup final? Oh, yeah, sorry. FA Cup final. You're just trying bad. to cut me out of your life? Yeah, <laughs> I was fuck, in Porto. Fuck you, Brandon. Um, like when you got married. Jeez. Yeah. Nick took it hard. The, the separation yeah. anxiety is real. I'm just, I'm just so sad. You went on honeymoon for those that week, and he just puppy dog. All right, so Reese James, impossible to take your eyes off of. I think he is absolutely going to be our player this season, just edging out N'Golo Conte, uh, which I think people are sleeping on. A little renaissance. Uh, young player, I I think I kind of just put Broya in there because I think right now there's a good chance that he, he plays for us and, and might score some goals, so why not? This transfer window is just really helping us pin some firm predictions uh, across this team. So here here goes nothing. Uh, Top goal scorer and top assist maker, uh, which we could just say top scorer and top assister. So uh, I'm doubling down on Raheem the Dream for my top goal scorer. I think that he's brought in, and he knows this, to fill in the massive failure void left by Romelu Lukaku and uh, that's the one thing we need we know we create chances Uh, we just need finishing so um, I think he's going to be singularly focused on scoring goals for Chelsea this season Um, Dan who's your top scorer I also brilliant analysis brilliant (laughs) Sterling and really it was only because Brandon Busby's case that made it for me I think when you look at him, even in some down periods over the last six or seven years, 14 goals across 49 matches, 3,700 minutes at the age of 25 for Manchester City two years ago, 14 goals and 10 assists was a relative down year for him. And uh, just that should leave you very excited. Two thumbs up on what he might be able to do for our attack. And you know, when you look at it, 
just kind of in the domestic leagues, looking just at what he did. I mean, he is a double-digit goal scorer in every season from being 22, third-year Manchester City forward. And so just that in general, he knows how to score in the Premier League. And like it was a, a push for Mason to hit 13 and Lukaku to hit 13. So I'm going to bet on somebody who has a very high understanding, Nick, of scoring goals in the Premier League. Who is your sister? Oh, the sister is Mason Mount. Sorry, I was just doing scores first, but yeah. Oh, oh okay, I changed, I changed pace, but it's surprise. Yep. All right, so my top score is still Mason Mount. I don't see this changing from last year. I think that he's our best finisher up top right now uh, until Sterling proves otherwise or Kai gets his act together. I don't see that changing. I think that Mason Mount will go from 13 to 17 goals this year. And... Uh, along the way, I think we'll start to uh, quiet some of the insane doubters that still exist about his abilities as if he is not our best player right now. Uh, I, I mean, he scored in preseason. He looks hungry as hell to start the season well. He's going to start, um, and I think he's going to play a lot of minutes this year. Finally had a summer off, so... Mason Mount, top score. And since we're now going through his sisters. Yep, I'll just start the snake back. Um, Mason Mount is our top assister. Um, I think he's a phenomenal footballer. And, you know, 16 assists last year is no joke. Those weren't accidents. He's improved on set pieces, which I think is... How a, many from open play? 190, Dan. That's the answer. Um, 190 out of 16, you know, and that's the way that math works. So, um, no, he's, he's just a beast and I think because Raheem Sterling will make different runs in the box maybe to your points that he's going to be able to feed uh, Raheem a little bit and that will be wonderful for the team I went uh obviously Raheem is my goal scorer I went Reese James uh first sister I mean I could I I could see him cooking out there again you know especially if the the team is flowing and uh kind of we saw some of those glimpses in preseason of him getting that ball uh, getting to end line, getting that ball cut back. Uh, I think that's exactly what this uh, offense is going to be built around is is getting to the end line and squaring it up in front of goal. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to double down on Reese James and see what he's got. Um, but anyways, we're going to take a real quick break. We've given you a lot of pod and ad free uh, before the break. We usually knock this out a little bit early. So thank you to sponsor for uh, financially supporting the show. We're back. We're going to go for best performing transfer. Uh, which has been renamed the Lukaku Award. So we'll be right back. All right, our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because, well, it's hard to get a lot of micronutrients in. You know, we're all focused on our macros with protein, carbs, and and fat. And now we got to add the micronutrients from fruits and vegetables. It's just hard to eat that many servings a day. So uh, I started doing it just to make my life a lot more efficient. I'm getting better gut health and a more... Uh, durable resistant immune system. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of the things. Again, I do it. It's easy. It's fast. It's quick. Uh, I throw up my shaker usually on my way home from work, drink it, it, it goes down quickly. Uh, and like I said, you get six servings of vegetables a day very easily. Uh, but hey, don't listen to me. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes and is trusted by leading health experts such as 
Tim Ferriss, and Michael Gervais. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills, supplements to look out for your gut health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to say, give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash London is blue. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash London is blue to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Coming out of the break, Dan still can't contain himself. Uh, look, you wrote it, man. Best performing transfer, the Lukaku Award. Uh, I'm going to screenshot it before you change it. Is that the <laughs> so best transfer out or in? Maybe you should clarify. Because, you know, transfers yeah, work both ways, Dan. Yeah, Dan. Best new player award, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I, I, look, the Lukaku is Award. Is it the best worded award? No. Um, it's going to be cool ball. It's going to be K2. You know, he is going to be the one that has a bit of shine on him throughout the majority of the season. He looked composed, made some really nice tackles in a preseason that not everybody looked great in. So that was nice to see, considering that he had just really joined up with the team. So yay there. And I don't know. I I feel like while he might not go on some crazy runs or have some of the same animated mannerisms of a former left center back at Chelsea, I think he's going to play a little bit more of a composed game and maybe a little bit more of a rock. I don't, I don't, I I think it's, I think we're going to not miss Rudiger as much as we think we would. Whoa. Okay. Bold prediction. Again, you know, nothing's going to come back to bite me in the ass at all. (laughs) Not, uh, I'm going with Gaga Slonina, baby. Let's go. He's going to do great in MLS. I mean, it's like and playing on a curve, right? When your teacher yep. grades on a curve because he's in MLS. Yep. yep. Uh, I, I mean, it's I, I struggle with this because I think if you guys are right and Sterling's our top scorer, then it's going to be hard to miss that as your like best performing transfer. Right. <laughs> I, True. You know, so I think I think Dan's in an interesting spot from from that perspective as he had our top scorer be Sterling. Uh, but I think Koulibaly is gonna, he just oozes class, doesn't he? I mean, he's just, he's gonna make it look easy. And I think that anyone who really watches football beyond just kind of the, the goals and assists understands why Tiago Silva is so fucking good. And I hope that this is the next iteration of classy defender that comes to our ranks and really just starts to put it together. So I think it's gonna be Koulibaly. Classy. Dude, called JT, called Gianfranco Zola asked for permission, wanted to make sure he didn't step on the toes of the legends before him. Um, and and they obliged quite willingly, uh, which, again... He was going to be 23 and 26? Well, I don't know. He just said he called Zola as well. Probably just about asking for figuring out what to do about Chelsea and stuff. Maybe probably get JT's number. That's probably your answer. <laughs> hey, hey, boss. That, that was such hey. a great video, by oh, the way. Man. Really, really nice way of putting it out there. So... With all the niceties being said about Koulibaly, I've tripled down on Raheem. Nick's got the logic. <laughs> if you're top goal scorer, you yeah. will be the best performing transfer, let alone the best player on the team um, in terms of the the glory metrics. So I, I have no concerns over Koulibaly. I have high expectations. But again, uh, I'm trying to keep a little bit of logic linked for me at least. And 
I'm pretty much going all in on Raheem. So I'm going to be placing my preseason bets. Uh, just I'm either going to win it all or win nothing. Uh, and that's how you. That's, that's kind of how it that's works. That's how you go down in flames, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the next one we have is most improved. So I think the next couple is where it gets a little bit interesting, right? Because now our subjectiveness comes into play. Uh, the other ones you can say a little bit more black and white, a little bit more obvious. But when you get into most improved, that assumes that you thought someone was a bit shit last year. <laughs> or they, or were they good just had a they, lot of room ex- to improve. Or they just you know? found la- levels that we didn't even know existed for them, right? So, um, Nick, you're kind of odd man out on this one. Uh, so I guess I'll let you start before flipping it to Dan. Yeah, I am odd man out because I think the one that you guys have is a little bit more obvious. Um, so you guys took, as you normally do, the easy way out. Whereas I have challenged myself to think a little deeper. I mean, I wasn't going to put Timo. This, this, this is why the college transcript looked the way it did. Yeah. 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 Sometimes the, the right answer is right in front of you, Nick. That's what the professor said. Um, I, I went with Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Um, this obviously assumes that he stays, uh, which is, you know, in this weirdo transfer window, not a certainty at all. But I think there's something with him on the right wing where, it, man, if he comes in and plays like the last 20 or 30 minutes of a game and then starts the, you know, every third game at right wing back gives Reese some rest this year, which I think everyone's going to need, especially post-World Cup. And you think about the fact that, you know, none of these players are going to want to play those last Premier League games right before the break. Um, you, you might get someone like Ruben who's not necessarily going to the World Cup playing a lot of minutes. I think we started at the end of last year just to see little sparks, not a whole lot, just little sparks. I think the FA Cup semifinal was probably his best performance of last year. Man, I think on the on the wing, he does something really interesting. He provides a different option. He's really technical with the ball. I think his crossing is good. Um, it's probably an overlooked part of his game. And you might see a few assists from out wide while giving Reese the opportunity to not be gassed as we get into Champions League. So in that respect, that's why I put him as my most improved. It, it's He's been on this list many times or, you know, maybe even the next one. Never would have thought um, it would be on the right wing for, for Ruben. But uh, any, nope. anyways, Dan, um, what about us? Don't mess this up for us. I'm with Kai Havertz, and I think it's more about the consistency in his game. Look, he had some hot and cold periods, some very hot, shining bright like a supernova moments, and then some moments where he was like back of the freezer. Um, oh, I forgot that that dish was there. Let me unearth it. And we need somewhere Chisel more the in ice, the ice off of it. There, just look, like- I. I don't need him fresh out of the microwave, like about to burn my face off. But boy, oh boy, it'd be nice if it was like ready to boil water kind of going on at the moment. That would be great. If that's the level of heat that he was. Yes. If he was simmering the majority of the time, that would be really great for our attack. It means our attack is humming. And look, he's most likely like we saw this in preseason. There is a little bit of fluidity to that front three at the moment. That could be really good for him. There could be some space to run into. It's about finding that partnership with Raheem, with Mason, uh, particularly that right-hand side, too, if we kind of make some upgrades there as well before the end of the transfer window. It could be really, really good for him. And just I, I just need it to be more consistent, Brandon. I think that's, I would hope, that's the same reason you have. It's the last season I'm going to put him on this list. 
Like, either he does it this season or he doesn't. Doesn't mean I don't like him, but, like, this is my last time saying, okay, Kai, you got this most improved. Like, we need to see a raising of levels that we've seen on highlights and we've seen glimpses of across time. And, again, I do accept that he's been moved around a lot. He was back, you know, he's on the wing for a lot of the time under Tuchel. You know, that's where he scored the Champions League goal, and then he's goes to striker he's just all over a little bit and i accept that last season difficult we had injuries um a lot of like rotation in the lineup that didn't help the attack was not firing on any cylinders but like sometimes you need a player to just grab the team by the scruff and i can say get on my back we're going i will find mm-hmm. a way and we've had that with drogba and costa and other players and eden Hazard. we need that player this season and it has to be kai he, he has to be a monster. I mean, like, he's been given more grace as a 70 million pound plus striker than anyone I can remember. We did not give Lukaku any grace for a handful of reasons. We, and primarily I, didn't give Timo Werner a whole lot of grace, and he's outperformed him uh, to this point. Um, you know, so I just, I think this is a really big season for him. I think he needs to show up. We haven't seen any glimpses of that in preseason, which is a little frightening. But I think he really needs to show up and he needs to play to a he needs to be a, a monster. Like he needs to show up knowing that he is the fucking guy every game. Not just sometimes, not every other game, every game that he plays, Dan. Like he has to go out there and start to adopt a monster mentality. They were you know, he does have a little bit of that sly kind of uh, ed- cutting edge to him at times that he's yeah. been able to display and definitely is willing to go into a challenge, definitely willing to make others uh, make make a move and i think the 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 covid situation when he started didn't help i mean we think about the fact that he came off a season at leverkusen where he had scored 18 goals nine assists and then he played 44 matches played 29 in his uh 29 starts 45 matches played at his first season for 2500 minutes and then had 3000 minutes last season across all competitions 45 matches played he did have a little bit of an upgrade in terms of goals more goals than assists 13 goals five assists so he's at 18 total goal contributions it'd be nice to see him in the high 20s this season i think is where yeah he should be pushing close to 30 that would be my kind of thought about where i'd like to see him and i think where he would probably define success this season specifically he needs to be pushing 20 21 22 goals like i think that is the threshold for someone of his talent and capability and there are plenty of matches to go get those goals in right so across all comps yeah yeah i mean like i think this is i I need to see that number because if it is if we if he goes in and gets twenty five this year, we're in a different spot in the league. Especially if I mean, we're pushing twenty is his previous high. Twenty is his previous high in a single season. So I think that's kind of the the twenty twenty one for goals, but goal contributions. I think if you said that should be closer to thirty, that would be mm-hmm. I think where he, we need to see him. And he probably yeah. took pens when he was at Leverkusen to get there as well, which I can ex- you know accept he's not going to get. But um, you know you, you couple that with Raheem having a breakout season as well, even if he gets to 15, 18. Yes, that, that is, that are the levels that will be a huge, huge, uh, you know, gap shrinking performance for the season. Uh, this one's a little bit along the same vein. Um, but I think it definitely slights the player way more than the first one. Uh, and this is comeback no, player doesn't. of the year. Cause that means, come on, 
You're coming back. So this is from the guy who doesn't watch a single NFL game. Correct. Who doesn't understand this award. Yes. Yeah. The comeback player of the year is you had a, a terrible situation, typically an injury, the prior year. And now you're going to come into this season, you're going to attack it, and you're going to be the individual who really shows that the injury did not define so, you. Or the bad moment in time did not define you. We had one big injury last season. Do we all just... Uh, and and, 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 and a bunch of injuries. smaller injuries, too. But that yeah. doesn't sound yeah. like producer-level story, so I'm just wondering if this is the Chili <laughs> B Award this season. Oh, God. <laughs> wow. wow. Um, well, look, I do think Ken Joel <laughs> is going to be the, the candidate and winner, the prime candidate and winner of this award this sure. season. Sure. I think he's got the easiest runway there. I mean, look, we... Does he have the easiest runway? If we sign Cucurella and we've got these left-sided players... I think it takes a lot of um, emotional and mental strain off of needing to be ready tomorrow off of his plate and lets him scale up appropriately. So from like a, a load bouncing thing, I absolutely, I think that's perfectly fine. I think he still has a, an ap- absolutely wonderful path into kind of getting back there. So we were, we were seeing Ben Chilwell really starting to come into some amazing form in right before that Juventus game and the end of it, the very, very end of it. And what he was kind of doing. I mean, he, in 500 minutes, had three goals and an assist in the Premier League last season. And he had three and five the season, the entire season prior over 27 matches. So, look, if he can start to replicate some form. People forget how, how much he was cooking at the beginning of last season. I mean, God, he like that connection. Well, Alonzo <sighs> started like the first almost third of the season like chili didn't come in for like almost like to a point where we were like questioning what was going on behind the scenes it was weird but once he hit it was man on fire i mean i just remember his his performance against brentford in that like crazy one no game where mendy made all the saves the dude was just like it was like perfect left wing back performance it was unbelievable um yeah i i hope all of these players are eligible for this award. I'm going a little bit different. Um, I love Chile, obviously, but I think a lot of people are sleeping on N'Golo Conte right now. I think a lot of people have already resigned that he's only going to play a certain number of matches. I think a lot of people are unimpressed with his injury record. I think despite him being our, maybe one of our best ever players in Champions League competition ever, like think about that class of Chelsea players <laughs> um, and maybe the best, frankly, or most consistent. Um, I think people are just sleeping on him. I think he, if he is managed correctly, big asterisk will guide Chelsea to a Champions League final and retain, I think his role in the midfield. We are just a completely fucking different team when he plays. Yeah, I I think that's a good shout. Um, I I I'm I'm concerned for Chilwell because I think that when you're down mentally coming back from an injury and he wasn't great in preseason and I think that that's okay, like signing direct replacements or having three players in your spot as well as it stands of recording, is is a mental barrier. The good news is Tuchel is giving him the minutes in preseason to to get there even when his performances haven't uh, been amazing. One thing about Chilwell, too, look at Chilwell's season in two halves, right? 
I would hope, maybe like last year, maybe Cucurella comes in, maybe Alonzo's still here, whatever. I would bet that he doesn't play first handful of matches in any sort of consistent manner. Where you should really want Chilwell to start performing is October again. And to cruise in, maybe get a World Cup spot, maybe not. Who knows? I mean, he didn't play last time when Southgate had a major tournament anyway. But I think it would be great for him to go to the World Cup, feel like he's a part of the team again, and then really explode second half of the season. Like, make that position his own again. Give, you know, let him have six months to, or four months, I should say, to really get back fighting fit. Um, Conte is fit right now. So I think he's going to have a little bit more of a median impact. Well, after all that distraction and, and diatribe, I actually have Christian Pulisic uh, written in. Uh, probably more of a hope and a dream, especially with him being the men's national team captain heading the World Cup. But I also think with the five subs, like he will, should be primed to consistently come off the bench and score goals. And it's not what he's going to want but like being able to run at people late in the game consistently, even if we had something else go wrong, you have to put two, three attackers in. Tuchel still has extra, you know, kind of subs in the in his belt. I think that this season is set up prime. You know, it sounds like Ziyech is potentially on his way out. Timo's going to be on his way out. There's going to be less competition in those spots. And that just means he's going to get more consistent opportunities. One thing about the schedule, Dan and I the other day went through and planned our pod schedule through October. The minute that like post Labor Day, September hits, the season goes absolutely fucking bananas. So what I think you're probably looking for from the fifth, you know, from the five subs and who gets rotated, who doesn't get rotated, whatever. I think Tuke will have a first 11. I don't think Pulisic is going to be a part of that first 11. But. If you think about when Chelsea have a game on a, a Saturday or Sunday, a game on a Wednesday, and a game on a Saturday or Sunday, what I bet happens is I bet he plays a lot of Champions League games. I bet he plays a lot of midweek games. And whether that, you know, cup competitions, whatever, I think you're going to have to find rotation midweek for some of your star players to not burn them out in that, like, really accelerated time before the World Cup. It is, like, as crazy as last season was, this run up to the world cup is even maybe a little bit ratcheted up from there. People just need to understand that Pulisic will get minutes this year. I bet if he stays healthy, he'll get more minutes than he did last year and it won't seem like it. All right. Um, the next one we have is the lone star hero. Who's going to be the best loanee again. This is extremely difficult because you don't shit's not over. Like the, the window's still being open and, and not only that, but just the, like the circumstance of like how much Todd Bowley is cooking right now makes it really difficult. I think for me, uh, Nick just had to delete his because of yeah. updates throughout the day. You know, even as it stands. So, uh, look, I I think we can just all agree it's going to be Lukaku. He's going to wipe the floor in Syria, and we move Please on. Please stop. Please stop. The sad thing. <laughs> look, uh, Bo- Bowley is trying to be one-up Chef Jose Andreas right now. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to do the footballing equivalent of World Central Kitchen at the moment. Look, the sad thing is Quite it might happen. He might go back to Serie A and tear it up, and then we're all going to sit here and go, shit. Like, he was technically your best loanee. What I'm waiting to see what happens with Hutchinson and Chuck Wem... I don't even know how to say his name. Chuck Wemaka, the the new guy we just picked up from Villa. I apologize to all of you cringing out there because those two... Are just absolute like studs, and especially with Chuck Wameka, there's talks about him maybe even coming into the first team 
right away. So um, I, I've got my eyes on them for sure. Yeah, I got a weird one. Okay. So I yeah, I went with if he does go on loan to Everton and plays under Frank Lampard, when? Billy Gilmore is a very, very good shout for the Lone Star hero. But uh, the other one that I think could be super interesting, even though he dislocated his finger, was out for a few games here, is Nathan Baxter goalkeeping at Hull being a part of their run back up to the Premier League. How can you write a better story than that? Probably not. I, I like that shout. That's a good shout. Um, I'm, I'll be different. Malang Sar is going to rip it up at Monaco. He's going to kill it, and then they're going to buy him, and we're going to be happy. I was like, you're just happy that he's gone. He's moved off the Wait squad. I'm, I'm happy for his future success is what I am, you know? Gotcha. Uh, next one up is Iron Man. Uh, most minutes played. This is usually the Aspie Laquate Award, but that might not be an option. And obviously his minutes are waning for obvious reasons. Um, you both double down on Mendy. Yep. Shock. Shock that the goalkeeper is going to be the person who picks up the most minutes. Uh, and Do you look, think he last will? season, it was Rudiger. It, look, I, I I don't know. If if Keppa leaves and we bring in a really strong number two and Mendy struggles a bit at the beginning, like Tuchel will change out goalkeepers. He took Mendy out of the firing line a couple times last season. I, I don't think we're going to have that luxury this year. I think I think the goal the goalkeeping uh, aspect of the team is where it, goalkeeping <laughs> it's a it's a fun sport you should try it um, I I think that that is where this whole thing could fall apart or stay completely together I mean it, like if Mendy has a great season again we're in business if he doesn't and there's no one to really push him and it's going to be hard to find someone the last twenty eight days of the window here. Whoops. So, enter Marcus Bettinelli. <laughs> um, I, I, Nathan Baxter coming back from loan. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think I get why, you know, um, uh, you know, the goalkeeper is the obvious one in that one. We're going to have to kind of see how it shakes out. Um, I wonder if you get a Kaylor Navas on like a really low fee, even. Um, I don't rate him, but from PhD, but they have got too many players and too many goalkeepers, and I know he's unhappy. But that's a whole other episode. I'm going to put Mason Mount. It, it, that that he's probably the most likely outfield player to carry all those minutes. He's Lampard's son. He's Tuchel's son. He's got Southgate's son. He's all of our son, and so like he's obviously always in with a good shout. So I don't think that's controversial or a hot take at all what about super super sub the best or most impactful sub i think i kind of laid my cards on this one earlier uh with the comeback player being pulisic so i'll let you guys dance a little bit on yours dan um uh, uh an interesting sub option here for you yeah i want loftus cheek i think you know you can play him in midfield you can play him in the attack you can play him apparently a right wing back. And so that's going to give Tuchel some options. So look, he has others that can do that too. And Christian Pulisic and Callum Hudson-Odoi. I, this is one is just a, a hope one. You hope that something finally breaks the right way. I think Ruben has to decide what he wants for his future. I mean, after this season, but if he wants to be a great squad contributor and can be healthy enough to do that on the regular, particularly five subs, I would love for that to be the case. Actually, I mean, really, I'm happy if any of these names that we chose, Pulisic for you and Brandon Nick, or Loftus-Cheek or Callum, it would all be great. I just think Loftus-Cheek might have a little 
extra ability maybe in the midfield to kind of throw some minutes in there too. Yeah, I think these are the two names. Um, I went Pulisic because I think that's just, you know, I think there's probably some more goals and assists in there. So you'll probably have the vanity metrics to back it up. But that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. I think this is a... It's a category with five subs that you could have some heroes emerge, for sure, uh, where they, that we don't see on the on the board right now. But, yeah, I think Christian will be a, a great asset. Uh, domestic banana peel. Uh, oh, this was... I hated this category. I, uh, this should probably... <laughs> Did it give me terrors? Sweats? Anxiety? God. So it's who trips us up is a clarifying uh, thing. And uh, it's it's... The one that we don't like to relive because they're so painful. Uh, we've had a few lately, um, but this, uh, the way things are going, I actually have more and more respect for Brighton and kind of what they're doing, even if Cucurella comes their way, even if Colwell goes the opposite way. Uh, that would really suck. Um, but I, I just think that they are going to probably make a good push this season and be well in the top half again. That that was a good shout. Um, I, when I was going down the list, I was like, "Man, I think that one probably is it for me." But I, I then thought about Brentford, and you know, like both these teams are incredibly well organized, have great managers, have some underrated talent, are getting the most out of their squads, and I think Brentford um, just picked up Damsgaard, which was a super sneaky, excellent signing from them. I think they are going to be really difficult for us again. I, I just, I think they are just the weird banana peel that we can't figure out. I mean, we barely beat them in October. They beat the hell out of, out of us in April. Uh, it's going to be difficult. They're they're tough. What's it with teams with the first letter of their name being B? Because that's where we all went. And I went with Bournemouth because <laughs> the cherries are back. And... Look, if you're talking about having flashbacks to terrible outings God. or terrible away days, look no further than <laughs> a football club, Bournemouth, and what they tend to do is not fun. It is not going to be pleasant. They're going to be terrible to play against. We're going to get Scotty Parker, uh, you know, the streets remixes post-game <laughs> as well. It's going to be terrible. I'm I'm not fucking ready for it. I don't want it. <laughs> I want to like Moon Knight blank out to the end of the match and see the score. Their, their little sandbox stadium. It's adorable. Damn it. Um, sneaky shout could be Newcastle next season. Um, I I thought of them too. I think they're going to be more not the banana peel, like more of an actual top seven competitor could be yeah. uh, again if the table was only january to may newcastle would have been top four uh anyways one who got away the best ex chelsea performer uh is there a statute of limitations on how far back we're going on their departure <laughs> or yeah yeah dan a recent-ish oh history god. oh my god <laughs> god <laughs> Brand, Brandon's literally quit the podcast mid It's Threw his headphones off. Oh well, hey, God. the one who got away from London's with podcast this season is Brandon Busby. And look, he's always been a really solid We're contributor. We're going to miss him. Really, know? really enjoyed working Recent with him. And really interested to ass. see how well he does on the Barcelona podcast. He's doing uh, oh, my God. Dan, why don't you go ahead and tell the people who your pick is? <laughs> Seriously. Uh, Tammy what Abraham. Duh. Duh. Tammy Abraham. <laughs> He, bro, he played a full season in Roma last year. A full season. Yeah, I miss Jose too, but come on now. 
Oh. Look, uh, there, there might be a buyback option next year. Who knows? Uh, yeah, yeah. Who knows? I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna break that down and pretend to acknowledge <laughs> that there might be a buyback <laughs> added later. Um, Nick, you're somehow fucking sound sane after that. Yeah, <laughs> and and I really tried for it not to be. I mean, that was the the problem with Dan's is that anything after that is just kind of normal. Even though this player is still technically on our books, can't be. I look really forward not. to the day that 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 he is not. That's Ross the Boss Barkley. Okay, Ross the Boss is going to have a phenomenal season at Jake. Insert team name here whenever that happens. Hashtag United. And I think he's going to score goals, and I think he's going to make assists, and I think that that young man is on a on a pathway to superstardom. I really hope at least one person looked up whether or not Ross Barkley transferred to hashtag United. If you did, please tweet us. So Ross, the boss Barkley, uh, best of luck in uh, throwing a dart at a dartboard. Newcastle, uh, best of luck in Newcastle. this. They year. would take a punt on him and just like throw 25 and just be like, eh, money's not a thing for us. That actually might be a good spot. Yeah, we we need to sell we need to sell to a club that's newly cash rich. That that has to be a goal of ours this season. Yeah, newly so. like Tammy Abraham leaving Chelsea. Uh, I put Rudiger, which clearly just ruined this for you too, because that was the best <laughs> answer, and you didn't want to yeah, do it, the same thing. It, it was. Um, yeah. All right, master of the dark arts, trademarks. Um, I think that again, this was the Antonio Rudiger Award. Um, you know, tweeds threw in the, the XB stat line, you know, last season. And it was either him or Reese. That was about it. But um, we've got a shakeup in the dark arts. So, Dan, Cucurella, like dark arts or like, I, I don't know if I consider what he does more like shenanigans. <laughs> no. So, look, can we, uh, can we I get may... some definitions on shenanigans, please? I just need to. <laughs> Yeah, can, can you define what a shenanigan like is versus a, a dark simulator. art? Oh, interesting. Like he's going to he's going to draw a lot of like fake yellow cards. Oh, okay, interesting. Hmm. So he he does have a little bit of a track record with <laughs> pulling some yellows. <laughs> his his fouls conceded and uh fouls earned was uh pretty pretty on 50-50 for last season at Brighton. And look, I did maybe uh, this might come back to bite me too. Maybe I talked to a Brighton, um, a Brighton podcast today, just you know, out of the blue, no particular reason about Mark Cucurella, just because I have a passing interest in the play. As as and you have always done, Dan, and I think as, it's, as I do it's during important. my lunch hour yep. on a Wednesday afternoon, yep. it's just what I do. Um, but he offered some insight into how mischievous one Mark Cucurella can be without it being potentially observed. And in that regard, that got me excited about uh, what that individual could then bring. Um, yeah, so that, that's what I went with. If not, Reese James. That's, that's oh, the easy oh, one. Well, oh, good. Oh, okay. It's the easy one? Okay. Yeah. Reese is ready. He's ready to take the mantle. He has learned from his sensei, you know? Uh, you... You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. That's going to be Reese James this year. He's broken many a man in his, his short time here in the Premier League. I think he is on track to to do more of that. And, uh, yeah, I know if he's my player of the season, it also means that he's probably uh, earning some of the 
more superfluous awards like Master of the Dark Arts as well. So I, I put Koulibaly, but I don't even believe in that. So I don't know. Clearly punted <laughs> on that one. Um, Bailed on his own. I pick. mean, he seems far too nice. Even if he throws in like the aggressive tackle, that's not Dark Arts. That's just being a boss ass center back. So um, I, I don't know. I think it's a bit of a wild card because I think, you know, Mason's happy to kick the shit out of somebody. Um, you know, Kai, Kai, you know, he loves yeah. to shove uh, Everton Kai center back. So if Kai rounds out and pops off, it's Kai would be a, a very strong shout for it. He's going to do like the Velociraptor people on the field. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last, but certainly not at least three word season predictions. Um, it's the, it's the best we could have started with it quite honestly, but it's probably a good way to, to wrap it. Um, yeah, Dan, Great script, except for the end. It was out working towards this moment, because typically it is the first thing we do to react. All right. So where do you want to take it, Dan? Showtime takes stage. New era, new beginnings. The Todd Bowley Showtime Blues out on the pitch for the first time in a Premier League match. Got to be going. Didn't they take the pitch under him last season? No, it wasn't official yet. Oh, okay. Though, the all right. All right. He's back. Yeah, this is official. Yeah. Uh, Nick, what about you? Need to gel. Uh, lots of new players coming in. Lots of folks who have left. I think you still have a really strong core here, but you need to get all these players to gel and gel quickly. That is going to be the challenge. I'm not going to talk about what I was thinking. Um, I said it's going to be tough. It's the more competitive this season. You're adding a lot of players. Tuchel has to get it right quick. You cannot have a month, two months of figuring it out. And I don't know how we're going to do that, knowing that we're still going to be signing players after the transfer window. Um, or I'm sorry, we're going to be signing players after the season has started while the transfer window is still open. So uh, that's what I'm saying. It's kind of along the same lines as you, Nick, need to gel. It's going to be tough uh, this season, and we have to finish above Spurs. I think that that would be uh, essentially a safety net that that would gain, make sure that we're in a good spot in the table because I think that they are definitely going to be tough this season, assuming they can avoid significant injuries. Um, but they've got the England captain, yeah. so I think that he's going to be a little bit distracted, and I think he's going to pull out of every single tackle for the first two months. So they're they're just not very deep. I mean, if they get an injury, I think they're in they're in some real trouble and. Look, they are everyone's darlings right now because everyone loves Antonio Conte and respects him. And, of course, he's a fantastic manager. Can be. We we also know that there is another side to that story when he doesn't get what he wants, when the team starts to flame out, and he threw a shit fit at Chelsea and then left. So He's doing it in reverse order. He's thrown the shit fit. Now he's gotten what he's wanted. So I wonder what it's going to be like this season. And he moved everyone out, pulled a bunch of people in. I think it is going to flame out spectacularly Hope you're right. by season's end. And it could be the last time we see Antonio Conte in the Premier League for some time. Could see it. Anyways, that is our predictions for this uh, upcoming season. Again, there's a lot of them. There's some some fun ones. And there's some silly ones. But uh, let us know what you want. Uh, we have a thread on social media. Uh, so you can go there, respond. Otherwise, Discord will be uh, popping without a doubt. Thanks to, you know, insert Jack Harlow music. Big what? Chelsea fan. Wow. Anyways, okay. 
what content? Hopefully, we have a surprise signing. You guys should have seen the dance that he was doing. It was, it was real special. Hopefully, we have a new signing Eshan, clip that podcast one for TikTok. Uh, coming Friday. Uh, hope that that gets uh, sorted and settled and, and bright and calmed down. Otherwise, uh, if you missed it, definitely go back and listen to Matt Law. He had a ton of updates on all the incomings and outgoings. So, anyways, more content coming at you to be steam ahead. Everton away, kick off the Premier League season just a couple short days. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do? Keep the blue flag flying high.